Hey, this is Sam Howells, presenter and producer of The Profile Podcast. Over the next few weeks, we're bringing you these bonus episodes where my colleague Andy Peck chats to the best and brightest experts on Christian leadership. Andy has spent 17 years conducting these brilliant conversations. We're bringing you the very best of them in these special midweek editions of The Profile Podcast. You're listening to The Profile. You're listening to The Right Show. In fact, an argument could be made that this is the most important show on Premier Christian Radio. I make that statement with my tongue firmly in my cheek, uh, but according to a recent book on leadership by today's guest, Tim Alford, everything rises and falls on leadership. This is a quote from John Maxwell, a well-known thinker on questions of leadership, which Tim affirms. Tim is the National Director of Limitless, the youth and children's movement of the Elim Pentecostal churches in the UK and Ireland. He's also a youth ministry specialist lecturer at Regent's College Malvern in Worcestershire, and a regular columnist in youth and children's work. His book, Leadership 101, is subtitled Your Go-To Guide for Leading Youth and Children's Ministry into a Brighter Future, and is published by SPCK in association with Premier Radio. So if everything falls and rises on leadership, and if we're to believe that some 90% of all believers in the UK found faith in their first 18 years, then we could argue that the future of the church, to some extent, rises and falls on the quality of leadership as it addresses the next generation, or what we might call the current generation of the church that is under 18. Well, it's the job of a show host to help you believe you've made the right choice in listening, but I hope I've already given you cause to think that the next half hour could have a pivotal effect in the areas of influence that you have, especially if you're involved in local church leadership or are directly in youth work or parenting those under 18. So, Tim, welcome back to The Leadership Show. Well, hi, Andy. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, with that introduction, no, no pressure, of course. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, when we spoke a year ago, we were, of course, in various forms of lockdown. Uh, thankfully, the vaccine has enabled our nation to the UK to open up to some extent. Uh, of course, recent stats on infection rates are not encouraging. So how as a leader of a national movement are you viewing things and what seems clear and perhaps what's uncertain as you look to the future, Tim? Well, firstly, I cannot believe it was a year ago that we... <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, that, and that is one of the things the pandemic's done, isn't it? It's like <laughs> it has, yes. time has become so weird. I've, I think you're right. There's There's been so many uncertainties, hasn't there? And if the pandemic's done anything, it's really broken that illusion of control, hasn't it? Sometimes as leaders, uh, we can fall for that trap of wanting to control things, but the, the, the illusion of that really has has been shattered so i think there are lots of things that that really seem um uncertain i think um you know just even for us in a limitless context you know we're we're going full steam ahead for uh our events in 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 2022 limitless festival in 2022 because you know we really believe in in the value of those i was having a conversation really where i was just recounting to somebody all of the significant moments in my own faith journey that happened at those kind of large scale events like like a limitless festival and how sad it would be to to rob this generation of young people of those opportunities to gather in those spaces and and have those transformative encounters in the presence of god in in in, in those spaces and and yet 
you know, there's still an element of uncertainty around those. Um, And so I think from a leadership perspective, you know, this is a leadership show, of course, I think, I think we're learning to be true what we already knew, which is that we hold our mission tightly and our strategy lightly. Um, So again, you know, in, in my context at Limitless, we're about equipping leaders and inspiring churches to raise up a limitless generation. That's the mission. And that's the thing we're absolutely adamant about and won't move on. But how we do that, you know, events, training, whatever mechanisms, we, we've we've got to learn, you know, just to hold those things lightly, haven't we? And I think that applies in, in all areas of leadership. We, we don't want to confuse our plans with our vision. And sometimes what happens is when our plan fails, we give up on the vision because we confused our strategy with our vision. Uh, but I think we, we need to learn to hold our mission tightly and our strategy lightly. If the strategy fails, that's fine. We can adapt. We can adjust. We've all had to learn to be responsive, haven't we, over the last couple of years? Mm-hmm. But we hold on hold on to the mission. And I, and I think, Andy, maybe one of the things that does feel really clear to me going forward is I do just believe that there's been a pruning season. Um, and when Jesus prunes, it's always that we might bear more fruit. And I do think that um, some of the um, complexities um, or the accoutrements, if you like, of what it means to be the church are things we've had to learn to live without. And I do believe, and this feels really clear to me, that there just is an invitation from the Spirit of God to return to some of that simplicity of just, you know, making disciples in the way that Jesus made disciples. And I really believe that I, I see that as a as a move of God and a call of God. It, in, in conversations I'm having with people around the country, I, I sense the appetite for that in people's lives. And I hear people who've never spoken to each other saying the same things as they've waited on God and they've heard, heard from him. So that that feels like something that is really clear to me. Uh, and it ties in with that thing I was saying before. That was the mission. It was the co-mission, wasn't it? The Great Commission go and make disciples. And so that thing remains strong about our strategies. Um, those are the things that seem uncertain. And those are the things that we're, we're still um, having to hold lightly and learn to adjust whilst, whilst remaining faithful to the mission. Thanks, Tim. Uh, well, I appreciate that, that, that insight. Um, in terms of the context in which we were having the conversation, um, obviously COVID has uh, came at a, at a time when actually there was a number of local churches that didn't have youth and children's ministry anyway. Um, yeah. uh, some stats suggest as many as 75% of churches. So um, obviously we're, we're grateful for parachurch organizations. Many of them are seem to be fruitful, but, but if our, if our land is to be um, not to continue to decline in its Christian witness, then it, it need, there needs to be a work amongst children and youth. Um, yeah. And, and maybe I could just lay out a few few options that churches consider. Uh, some some consider getting a, a part time or full time children or youth worker in and, and and investing in them. Some say, well, that's out of the question, but we can get uh, some resources, some curriculum. Uh, obviously, youth and children's work, which I edit and you um, you you economist for. Um, you know, they, you could spend fifty pounds a year and and get and get that. Um, uh, and I understand that Elam have, have have considered what to do to to help to encourage churches that don't have any uh, children and youth. What are the kind of things you say to people, or what's the kind of questions you ask 
local churches when they're thinking about how to resurrect or start from fresh uh, youth yeah, well, and children's work? It's a good question. And, and I think the first thing I would say is that it is critical that we do do that. Yeah. Um, we, we, we must, we must, if, if it's the responsibility of every Christian generation to pass on the gospel to the next. And that's on all of us. That's not just on church leaders. That's certainly not just on youth workers. That's on every follower of Jesus mm. to pass on the, the gospel to the next generation. That That's the responsibility of us all. So, so, so we must ask these questions. We must engage with that challenge of um, starting new youth ministries where, the, where there aren't any, of um, seeking to breathe fresh life into youth ministries that have taken a really you know, hard hit over the last couple of years, and most of them have. Um, in terms of how we do that, yeah, you alluded to it. We, we have a ministry called Limitless Pioneers, where we work alongside churches that um, uh, don't have any or perhaps very few young people but aren't doing any youth ministry. Uh, and, and we help them to launch new youth ministries. And I think, Andy, <laughs> probably the key principle that, that we've learned in our time, we've, we've worked with 20 churches now, uh, and, and there's a few more that we're beginning to work with uh, as we speak. Um, but uh, the, the key learning really is that there, there isn't a one-size-fits-all approach, and you do have to contextualize, but there are transferable principles that you can contextualize and apply uh, wherever you are. Um, so a few things that I'd suggest, Andy, the, the first would be don't fall for the trap of, saying, well, we should do this for young people because young people will like this, ask them. Um, and if you don't have any young people in your church, connect with your local school, try to set up a fo focus group, go down to the park, the, the skate ramp, um, wherever it is that young people are hanging out and say, hey, we're looking at, you know, uh, starting a new space for young people to come and hang out and ask the big questions of life and explore faith. Um, what, what do you think? What would be a space that you'd like to engage with? You know, what kind of music do you listen to? What, what are your hobbies? Like, what are the nights when you're busy? This is, some, this is a principle that we try to apply wherever we go is, is to actually engage the young people and um, like hear where they are at so we can contextualize the mission. The second is we, that we always try to connect with local schools and serve those local schools as best we can. So we'll try to make a connection with local schools. And we found that schools are really open to this. Very rarely um, have we been rejected as we've sought to kind of serve local schools. And we say, hey, we're here. Uh, we're part of this church community. We're starting a new, a new youth work. Um, and so we're here in the town. We're here at, the, at these times. And if there's a way that we can help you, we'd love to do that. And then we would say some things we could do. We can do one-to-one -one mentoring for you. We can do RE lessons. We can do assemblies. Um, and we can help you with some of these things. And, and see where their need is. And, and genuinely try and, try and just serve that school and, and help them. And we found that to be really helpful. And then the third thing I'd say is got to get out of the building and into the community. So I, I think we do make a mistake if we only just, you know, say Friday night, 7.30, stick up a poster and put something on Instagram, um, come to our church building. I think, you know, that obviously can be part of it. But I think if we go straight to that, we've skipped some important steps. And I'd encourage people to get out into the community. Set up a table on a school run and give out some free hot chocolates or some donuts and talk to young people. Get a football cage in a local park and just hang out, engage with young people. Tell them about, about what you're doing. 
um, get out into the community, meet young people, build some relationships. So I think those those are three kind of transferable principles that we've found to be important as, as we've gone on this kind of pioneering journey, helping churches. We know young people. We we ask the young people themselves. We get their input. We tried all we, to do all we can to connect with local schools and we get out of the building and into the community. And I think you can contextualize those to where you're at. No, brilliant, Tim. Thank you. That's, that's, that's enormously helpful. Um, so moving to your book, Leadership 101, Tim, um, it looks at the kind of leadership that might be required for youth and children's workers. Um, and and yes. always assuming for some, appointing a, a, a worker might be the way ahead. As a teaser to buying the book, what should church leaders be considering when they think of appointing someone either full or part-time uh, into youth work? That's an interesting one. Well, the, 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 the book is, is split into three sections. So there's a, a self-leadership section, a culture and team building section and a vision and strategy se- section, because I think those are all critical things in leadership. So, so of course, we're, we, we want someone who can lead themselves, who can lead a team and, 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 and who can get a vision from God and, and, and lead towards it. But I think if we're talking about kind of church leaders here or church leadership teams, thinking about recruiting or employing a youth worker uh, or a children's worker, well, maybe there are a, a couple of things I'd say. First is like, what is it that you're wanting them to do? By which I mean, do you want a program manager or do you want a disciple maker? Do you want somebody who can like run groups and events? Or do you want somebody who can um, invest deeply into the lives of young people and help them to be followers of Jesus? If it's the former, well, then you need an organizer. You need somebody with great administrative skills. You probably need somebody who's quite charismatic and is a bit of a people gatherer. If it's the latter, well, you're looking firstly for someone who is a disciple themselves, somebody who has a walk with Jesus that's worth imitating, somebody who who loves young people deeply, who who's a good listener, who, um, uh, again, models in their lives the thing that they want to see replicated in the lives of young people. And, and, and do you know, the, the other thing I, I think I maybe just want to throw in here, Andy, is... Um, because you, you're kind of talking about recruitment and I, and, I, and I get that and we do that and that's that's fine and that's good and we can recruit. But in order for us to recruit somebody, somebody else had to raise them. And I just really want to be encouraging local churches to be, you know, raising people up from within. You know, I, I heard Mike Pinovacci say just a couple of days ago, um, I was at a learning community thing, he was there as well. And he spoke about um, you, you can recruit somebody with a couple of interviews, but to raise somebody takes 20 years. <laughs> yes. But to raise somebody is, that's what making disciples is, isn't it? That's what Jesus asked us to do. And so I think, yeah, we can recruit and we can have leadership principles and we can know what we're looking for and we can know what we're wanting them, want, what we're wanting them to do. Um, but how much better would it be if we... Uh, you know, within our own church communities are identifying leadership gifts in the lives of young people when they're young. and We're investing something in them and we're creating opportunity for them and uh, we're encouraging them and we're giving them feedback and we're inviting them uh, into our lives to see how we lead. And then we're giving them more opportunity and they're stepping up and in, 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 uh, in, in responsibility and stepping out into their gift of God and, until we can entrust them with leadership of 
you know, various ministries and so forth within our churches, how, how, how much better would that, that be? So I, I would, um, yes, we can do the recruitment thing, but I'd also want to really be encouraging people to, and, and asking leaders listening to this, well, who are the leaders that you're raising? Who are the leaders that I'm raising? Who are the people that we've identified that we're giving opportunity to, that we can release opportunity to, even within our own churches and ministries? Oh, amen to that, Tim. Thank you. That's that's great. Um, so a, a more personal question, if I may. Um, yeah. So obviously many Christians and Christian leaders get involved in youth and children's work for because of the fruit potential. They they love the one-to-one contact. The last 18 months has, yeah, obviously the last term may have been different, but been a, it's been a real vacuum. And, and a lot of youth and children's workers have, have perhaps struggled during that time. And they kind of feel like ministry has been uh, you know, <laughs> pushing a, 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 a long, or sorry, a large uh, boulder uphill, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> and I just wonder whether personally you've got any advice from your own experience or um, reflecting on, on how people are in terms of how you keep going at such a tough time, because it has been a, a pretty, pretty damaging and uh, an awkward time for, for many. Yeah, it, it it has. And, you know, f- f- like youth ministry actually has been the hardest hit in the church, in, in all of our ministries, in all of our, you know, demographics, age groups, you know. And it, it, the, the kind of impact on youth ministry has been indiscriminate, really, across across denominations and demographics. We've seen just a gradual decline in, in, in young people engaging online. And I know that many have, like, opened back up and seen young people come back. But... <laughs> Uh, Youthscape uh, published a report recently where they reckon that um, youth groups are on average 53% smaller uh, than they were before the pandemic. And anecdotally, from my conversations with youth leaders, I'd, I'd reflect that to be to be true. Um, and it didn't seem to matter. Like, you know, youth leaders worked really hard and there was a real consistency and quality what they did to what they did, but it, it really didn't seem to matter. And so I think the first thing I'd want to say to those people, Andy, um, who feel like they're pushing that boulder uphill is to say, just know it's not just you. No, it's not just you that's been struggling. This has been something that's happened. Actually, I've spoken with leaders across Europe and they've reflected the same things to me. So it's not, it's not, it's not just you. It's not just your church. It's not just your denomination. You know, it's right across the nation and the nations where we've where we've experienced this impact. So, so uh, I'd, I'd want you to know that you're not on your own in that experience. And then I think I just want to say, like, thank you for everything that you did. If there's like youth leaders listening to this and they like went on Instagram Live and they saw that little um, person icon in the bottom with a zero below it, or if they went on Zoom and everybody had their cameras off and there were fewer and fewer people each week, but they just, they did, they're still going, they're still going now. Like if you're, you're still here and you, and you, you gave it your best and you, and you try, I just want to say thank you that you did that. Thank you that you gave, you did what you could, even if it didn't feel like it was particularly fruitful or successful, you you, you you gave your best and you're still here and well done. And I'd want them to know just the smile of God over their lives today. And I'd want them just to hear a, a well done, good and faithful servant spoken over their lives. And then I just want to encourage them to keep going because it like, it's important. It's important. What you're doing is important. What, like what's more important than passing on the gospel to the next generation. Yeah, it is tough sometimes, but I'd, I'd really want to encourage them not, not to give up. And then 
you know, um, in terms of how do you keep going, I think maybe I'd want to say two things. Um, first, I'd say we have to learn how to take the yoke of Jesus upon us, um, the, the yoke that's, that's easy and light. And that, that comes just from abiding in his presence. And so I'd say don't really simply don't forsake that quiet time, you know, to make, make sure that's a just unbreakable rhythm in your life. That, that first thing in the morning, get up, just spend some time sitting at the feet of Jesus, abiding in his presence, draw strength from him, take his yoke upon you. Those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. Um, and I hate to think where I'd be if I just didn't have that regular pattern of coming back to Jesus again and saying, Lord, I need you today. Um, cause his, the str- strength comes from him. Resilience comes from him. Courage and vision comes from him. We've got to, we've got to, we've, we've got to be more merry than Martha, you know, don't let our doing for God exceed our receiving from him. Let's be those who sit at his feet. Um, so I'd say that's critical. And then, and then I think I'd want to say, um, just finally, um, try to see what you've gained not just what you've lost. So, so maybe you've lost some young people and they haven't come back um, and, and you've tried to make contact with them and they haven't responded. And that is painful. And I know that. And it, and it, and it feels, you feel the loss of that. And I understand, but also maybe there's an opportunity for you here. Maybe you've just got two young people left, three, four young people left, but what an opportunity you have to invest deeply into their lives as a disciple maker what an opportunity you have to maybe just to simplify that that exhausting high maintenance program that you were trying to run from week to week and you can just sit with those young people and you can invite the holy spirit and you can help them to hear from god and you can open the bible together and you can teach them to be followers of jesus and teach them how to share their faith with their friends and and just see what happens from that so yes you've lost some things but maybe you've gained an opportunity here um, if if you would kind of change your perspective to see it. Tim, as we look to the future, uh, you hinted at the Limitless Festival next uh, summer. Um, and it'd be good just to mention the kind of things that you'll be doing. Uh, now would be the time for church leaders and youth leaders to start thinking about next summer and for sure get signed up and get the programme and get people enthused. So tell us about what you'll be doing at Limitless. Yeah, Limitless Festival coming up in the summer. Um, we're just so excited to be able to be all back together in the same space again uh, Stafford Showground 6th to the 10th of August uh, for Limitless Festival and, and you're all invited uh, we'll have all, of course all of the usual festival fun the uh, the jump bags and the colour parties and the roller discos and you know the sports and you know, the cafes and uh, all that good stuff will, will be there as per but you know it's just that space isn't it to be together to be family, the family of God together, to make space for the spirit of God to move in our lives, to bring healing, to, to call, to, to call us uh, into the things that he wants to call us into an opportunity, of course, for young people to respond to the gospel for the first time. We, uh, work really hard to make sure that everything that we do is really accessible for people who don't know Jesus yet. And so, um, young people can feel really confident uh, about inviting their non-Christian friends, youth leaders, listening can feel really confident about bringing uh, young people along who are connected to their youth groups who don't know Jesus yet and they'll know that everything will be uh, really well explained so we'll have those times those celebrations together with with worship and teaching and and, and, and ministry and um you know 
Nimbus Festival is, 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 is a space for churches from all denominations and backgrounds. Everybody will be made to feel really welcome. We'll be family together. And uh, yeah, we just can't wait to be in that space, to worship Jesus together, to laugh together, um, to get very, very, very tired <laughs> over okay, the course of the enough. week and to have all of that festival fun. Yeah, so luminousfestival.co.uk is the place to go. Tickets are on sale now. Early bird ends uh, end of February. So get your, get your cheap tickets, early doors. There'll be those who are, who, for whom that will be a, a bridge too far, but they do have influence as church leaders. And I, I just, a sentence or two just to perhaps underline the kind of things I mentioned in the introduction. Um, for people who are aware that their church is not doing what it might do for children and youth and what the first steps might be uh, for them as they're listening. The first step is to get on your knees and seek God, isn't it? That, that, that's always the first step. And forgive me if, if that sounds trite, but it's true. Like we can have all of the strategy, we can have all of the ideas, we can have all of the creativity, but if if it hasn't come from that that place of of prayer, and you know, I don't know about you, but more and more I've been praying Jehoshaphat's prayer. Lord, I I, I don't know what to do, but but my eyes are on you. <laughs> and start there. Start by getting on your knees before God and saying, Lord, just calling out for a generation. And it, listen, it mustn't be about our church, and it mustn't be about bums on seats, and you know our our kind of leadership ego is. It's, Ask God to break our hearts for a generation of young people who don't know Him, and let's 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 get divine strategy from heaven as we sit at His feet. Let's start in the place of prayer and say, "Holy Spirit, move in our town, move in our city, move in our community," and see what happens from there. And I and then I would just want to say thank you for everything you're doing, everything you are doing, whether it feels big or small or enough or not enough. Just Thank you for what you're doing to invest in the lives of children and young people, because as we said earlier, you know, what are you going to give your life to that's more important than passing on the gospel to the next generation? I, I can't think of anything. Well, Tim, thank you so much for all you shared. Um, just uh, for listeners, you can uh, purchase the book Leadership 101 through all the major channels, including uh, Premier Christian Marketplace.co.uk, where it's uh, 10% off at present. So it would make a great Christmas present. Um, Tim, uh, <laughs> I've read it and it's a, it's a great read. So thank you so much for, for that book. And I trust uh, that's going to serve the church really well as we're in this interesting time as a, as yeah, a nation. I hope so. Yeah. hope so. Bless you, Andy. Thank you so much. You're listening to The Profile. Thank you, Andy, for bringing us that great interview this week on the Profile podcast. This show is brought to you by the UK's leading Christian magazine, Premier Christianity. If you enjoyed this episode, you are sure to love the magazine, which features news, analysis, opinion on all that God is doing in the UK church and beyond. Check out brand new articles published every day on the biggest issues facing the church and the world at premierchristianity.com. We'll be back on Friday with another in-depth conversation with a leading Christian right here on the Profile Podcast. Join us then.